0: Welcome to your Optimal Personal Economy podcast with Justin Bennett. Your personal economy is your ability to create, protect, preserve, and utilize your wealth, your financial world. Justin will share strategies and stories to help you optimize your personal economy. Now, on to the show with Justin Bennett and co-host Matt Halloran. Hello, and welcome to episode number 20 with Justin Bennett. Today, Justin Bennett is going to give us a brief history of life insurance. Justin? Yeah, Matt. So I thought uh, this conversation today for this episode would be valuable to speak about life insurance, maybe in the context of the different types of life insurance and how they were introduced and when they were introduced to the marketplace over the years in in the different economic environments that the country has seen. Because I think that an understanding of that will help consumers and clients today make decisions with a little bit more purpose and feel a little bit stronger about the decision that they're about to make around life insurance. So, you know, term life insurance, which is a very, very common type of life insurance was, was actually the first type of life insurance that was introduced in the marketplace. And the thought process was that contributions in advance can help offset the inevitable cost of burial. And so there was this notion that, hey, you know, we put a couple of dollars up front and, you know, when when the time comes for us to expire, you know, we'll have this pool of money and it'll offset the cost of burial. And then, you know, as time went on, there was this uh, actuarial science that was introduced, studied and ultimately suggested that a pool could be created that discount that was discounted based on two things, mortality and interest rates. So when you look at those two variables, you kind of see that there was this introduction or the foundation to all types of permanent life insurance, right? So now you have term insurance and permanent insurance. And I mean, this goes back a long, long time ago, but you know, I would say that modern life insurance has been around for north of 200 years. Okay, So it's it's been around for over 200 years in what we know to be true as modern life insurance. Um, and, and within the permanent life insurance domain, whole life insurance is, or I should say was, the only type of permanent insurance that was around up until 1978. And so there was also level term insurance and annual renewable term insurance. So you had term insurance that you can buy for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years or 30 years and then it expires or you could buy this annual renewable term insurance, which just means every year the cost to keep the insurance in place would increase and therefore they call this annual renewable term insurance the whole life insurance that we mentioned you know has four guarantees associated with it it's got a guaranteed face amount it's got a guaranteed premium it's got a guaranteed cash value and a guaranteed cost of insurance so ultimately when you look at a quality mutual whole life insurance company you will also find that dividends are paid back to the policyholder and when the client elects to have the dividends reinvested back into the policy, the dividends do two things. It increases the cash value and it increases the face amount. And so what then happened in about, uh, call it 1965, interest rates started to rise. And so this dramatically impacted the portfolios of insurance companies. And so it put a lot of pressure on the general accounts and the portfolios of insurance companies. And so what's called financial dis intermediation I know it sounds a like a really technical term but that you know is is what really became started to become really really rampant back then um, and and it spread like wildfire and so what happened was people were like hey let me get at let me just cancel these whole life insurance policies that have been on the books and you know let me or, or let me borrow from the whole life insurance policies and let me take this money whether it be the surrendered cash value in the whole life insurance or it be the Borrowed, or put it into a higher interest rate instrument, such as like a money market account, right? Because interest rates were were rising. So everybody was able to get high interest rates in interest rate sensitive products, whether it be a money market account or a CD. And so, and so what happened was in response to the rising interest rates, there were, um, there were two life insurance companies, Fireman's Fund and E.F. Hutton, who were were genius at the time, and they decided to invent a product called Current Assumption Universal Life. So it's just commonly referred to as Universal Life today. Um, and it's it was essentially a yearly renewable term insurance with like a fixed annuity side fund. And so what happened was um, the the like yearly renewable term insurance, um, as it stands alone, there's an increasing cost to have that insurance in place. And so these, these current assumption universal life insurance chassis were experiencing these rising internal costs. And so people started to get notices five, 10 years into their policy and advising them that the cost of insurance is going up, And so, you know, people were just lapsing those policies because they did not want to reach into their pocket and spend more money putting it into the policy to offset this rising cost of insurance. So that kind of created a black eye for the life insurance industry as a whole, as you can imagine. And then, you know, know, because, by the way, just so everybody knows, um, illustrations for that current assumption life insurance at the time was illustrating at 10 to 12 percent crediting rates. So... (laughs) You know if you looked at it an illustration and you thought that you were going to get a ten to twelve percent interest rate credit for the long term, you know you were sadly mistaken and so what happened was in about nineteen eighty two interest rates started to slide right they started to go down and so you know the uh the ten year treasury continued to slide from call it nineteen eighty to two thousand and sixteen and so as interest rates started to slide, the interest crediting rates followed suit and so um possibly, possibly as a result of the reducing interest rates, America started to see uh, a very, very large stock market run up, right? It was maybe one of the longest bull markets in the history at the time. And so life insurance companies said, okay, well, how do we respond to this? So they started to invent a new type of universal life insurance, which is directly correlated to the stock market. It's called variable universal life insurance. And so people were able to have a side fund that was invested in the stock market. And so this was a type of life insurance that FINRA would govern, would oversee. And so the idea is that, hey, you know, the stock market's bull-ish and it's running up. And so this run up in the stock market, you know, must continue, you know, forever, or that's at least what people thought or were told. And then so they were able to participate in the run-up in the stock market. You know, but for compliance reasons, the illustrations were capped they were limited to show like a 12% rate of return and you know that was probably you know too high uh, in and of itself but that notwithstanding the the illustrations were done and were, were prepared and run and viewed and discussed in what we call a linear fashion so they were assuming they got the same rate of return every single year for 30 40 50 60 years however there was technical modeling that would support that there were policy costs ending up exceeding the cash value increase. So the increase of the policy would outweigh or be greater than the increase in the cash value. And when that happened, these variable universal life insurance policies started to lapse. And so people started to move away from variable universal life insurance and when you think about it uh, there was also negative equity returns in 2000, 2001 and 2003 and then again in 2008, 2009 which further negatively impacted variable universal life. So market corrections dramatically impacted these variable universal life insurance policies. So what then happened? The life insurance industry the risk away from the insured and to the insurance company. So they introduced what's called secondary guarantee universal life insurance. So the, the idea is that it would behave like a permanent term insurance. So it would remain on the books, you know, for one's lifetime to the extent that they paid the premium and ultimately there would be no cash value, but there yet there would be a permanent life insurance benefit. And I think what happened was, you know, if you look at the, the broader economy, market conditions started to impact these secondary guarantee universal life insurance companies, and it started to put a lot of pressure on the insurance company. So a lot of insurance companies started to get out of that business. They started to discontinue distributing the secondary guarantee universal life insurance policies because it just put too much pressure on them to be on the hook for this future promise to pay a big sum of money. So what then happened is you know you started to see that a lot of companies started to demutualize, you know they started to become stock companies. You know that was that was a big thing. They needed to raise capital, so they needed to demutualize become stock companies and be able to issue shares on the various exchanges and you know ultimately what has happened you know, over the course of time is you've had this introduction of various different products that coincide with different market conditions. And, you know, most recently there's been a lot of buzz around this indexed universal life insurance, which similar to current assumption universal life and fairly similar to variable universal life in that there are no guaranteed insurance costs. So the insurance cost is rising. And the thought process is that the cash value gets credited by the insurance company based on the performance of an index. Okay. So the insurance company credits the cash value based on the performance of an index. So they reserve the right to change the credit that they give the policy based on what the performance of the index may do. So they have participation rates and cap rates and both of those can change at any point. And so, you know, when you look back over the last five to 10 years, there's just been a lot of discussion of this type of life insurance in the marketplace, and a lot of people you know, frankly are, are caught up in this, in this new fad, this newer or this newest fad. And so what I think the conclusion is, Matt, that um, there's ultimately term insurance and there's permanent insurance. And term insurance, you know could be level. term insurance, it could be yearly renewable. and permanent insurance could be whole life, could be current assumption, universal life could be variable universal life, could be secondary guarantee universal life, or it could be indexed universal life. And what becomes the most critical question when we navigate this conversation with our clients is ultimately how much risk the client wants to assume in comparison to how much risk they want to transfer. And if we could lead with that question, that gives us direction on how we want to build their life insurance portfolio and how we want to navigate the conversation that will put them, their family and their planning in the most optimal position. And so I think understanding the different types of life insurance in the context of the timeline of life insurance from inception to current becomes really, really critical because it's very seldom, if ever discussed, like we just outlined it, And so therefore, I think it's important for our listeners to maybe even go back and re-listen to this because I think we've outlined exactly what has transpired in the life insurance business wrapped on top of the overall economic conditions and what that means to the consumer and their planning. So hopefully, Matt, that gives a pretty good understanding of the history of life insurance and the different types of life insurance that are available. All right. This was episode number 20 with Justin Bennett, the history of life insurance. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon.